What up, guys? Welcome back to the Man Cave Podcast. I'm here today with one of my all-time favorite rappers, legendary recording artist, Kasky. What's up, brother? What's up? Thank you for the intro, brother. Hey, man. <laughs> Absolutely. How you doing? Man, I'm doing very blessed, man. Yeah? Happy to be here. Back doing shows, so... Yeah, is that what you're in town for? You're doing yeah, a show? Yeah, got a show tonight, Monarch Theater, and then uh, we just did one in North Carolina. So I, okay. I didn't do any shows last year. So I'm, Yeah, it's crazy great. with like the whole COVID thing. Is the North Carolina one, was that your first one back? Yeah, that was a uh, no. Actually, I did one in Salt Lake City a couple okay. weeks ago. That was my first one back. So this was my second. I did I did one show last year during the pandemic, and I caught COVID at the show. Actually, <laughs> and gave Yellow Wolf COVID. <laughs> like, like <laughs> it was like when we were making the album. I like went to Indianapolis to do a show, came back, and guys all sick. Fucked up. Damn. Up. So you're doing like a whole tour right now, or are you just doing like right now? These are just one offs, and then we're okay. about to announce. Uh, I got a tour coming in like two months. We're about to okay. announce. Okay, and have then, to pull up to the show tomorrow. Then dude, come on, yeah, let's go, bro. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Backstage with us. You can go hang out with us. Hell yeah, man. So one thing that uh so I'm not sure if you know, we're the same age. You're 28, right? Damn it. You're 28? <laughs> I'm looking at this man cave like fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so I've been listening to you for I want to say 10 or 11 years, bro. Damn. Like I remember being 17, 18, like playing your shit. Damn. And uh one thing that I didn't realize because I was I was Googling you yesterday, you know, creeping on you a little bit. So I, I thought that you were older because I had no idea that you had reached success at such a young age. Yeah. So that's that's something that I didn't realize and it's super crazy. So mm. I just want to know like what that process was like from like when you started rapping to when you really kind of came onto the scene. Yeah, it's weird. It's like in the in the macro scheme of it, I feel like I haven't reached nearly the success that I'm like meant to as far as like my music goes. But yeah, and there's like I've had these like micro moments that were just like huge mm -hmm. wins at time, you know. So I got signed to Cash Money. I was 19. I was like right okay. before I turned 20, and uh, yeah, it was like it was kind of an out of the blue kind of thing, you know. Like I was. Uh, they didn't come to me because I was like buzzing in the city or nothing like that. There was Birdman was being shown this other artist's um, music, and I, I had featured on one of the records. Really? So he just reached out to me one day and was like, yo, I want to sign you, come to Miami. And, you know, I met him, and it was kind of just like a smooth process. Like, we just, I ended up staying in Miami for like a month while the lawyers did the paperwork and, and just recorded Damn. and shit. So you just got a call from Birdman one day? Or? Yeah, I didn't even believe it was him. I was like, who the fuck is this? He's like, he just, he just he's called like, you it's directly. Stunna. I was like, who the fuck is this? And he's like, it's, it's baby, it's Birdman. I was like, shut the fuck. I was like, who is this? And he's like, it's Neff, it's Birdman. <laughs> I was like, bro, what? And he's like, I want you to come to Miami. Like, I don't know, it's just a trippy experience. Like, That's insane. Yeah, it was like, uh, it was one of those moments that was just confirmation of like, I'm heading in the right fucking direction, right. you know? I think in retrospect, like, I was a kid, you know? So I wasn't really prepared to like, go as hard and like capitalize off that moment, I think. I think I had a lot of like, internal turmoil and shit like that to work through and and business turmoil and shit mm -hmm. like that so um how old were you when you started rapping i was 16 damn yeah so you start rapping three years later you're signed to cash money yeah it's crazy. yeah <laughs> see it seems like it happened fast now, now that i think yeah. about it. what's funny is that like when i was rapping in high school i put out like three mixtapes or, or something three or four mixtapes before i got signed okay but Every single song that I dropped, I was like, I'm about to be as big as Eminem. This is huge. Like, I was like 16 years old. I just thought that every record was going to be that one. And uh, it felt like it took a long time. I guess, yeah, in retrospect, I got signed. Like, I I, I dropped out. Of, I had gone to, like, two semesters of college out of high school just trying to please my mom. Right. And then I, and I dropped that. out. And then, like, five, six months later, I got signed. That's fucking insane. Yeah, I did the same thing. Like, I dropped out because I was doing music, but... Never did jack shit. Oh, you did all this. <laughs> <laughs> did all this. Sometimes it's good just to know that where you don't want to go. Yeah, you know? for like, sure. I knew school was not it for me. Like, I just, yeah, I never wanted to did live Did you like go that. to, like, uh, I went to a community college. Out in Orlando? I had, yeah, <laughs> I had, like, good grades and good SAT scores. Like, if I really tried, I, I could have gone to a university. I probably could have gone to a lot of schools, but I just, I always knew I wanted to do music. I always knew I wanted to look like this. I always knew that I did not want to work a job, like, Right. That was it. Good I've only you, had, man. like, two jobs. Really? What, what were they? I worked at an Italian restaurant when I was 16 and got fired from there twice. How do you get fired twice? I just, I don't know. They brought me back <laughs> and fired me again. And then I uh, worked at KFC for five, six months. Maybe, really? maybe a, 
six months to a year, somewhere. I can't remember. My sense of time is all fucked. But I worked, I worked KSC, got fired, and then got signed to Cash Money like six months later. You're like, fuck I you. Like, Y'all suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I worked at Circle K. That was my big one. Dude, I was trash at KFC. Like, everybody at the KFC knew that I shouldn't work there. Like, they're like, bro, you're an amazing rapper. Go be a rapper. So That's crazy, man. It wasn't, it wasn't no hard feelings when I got fired. Like, we all knew that that was coming. Right. And then I got signed pretty quick after that and made sure to come back through the drive-thru a couple times. Hell yeah. <laughs> so g- getting signed at 19 to cash money, like what kind of opportunities did you get that you wouldn't have otherwise gotten, would you say? Like what were the biggest things that came from that? I, I mean, the biggest one is it put a lot of different eyes on me, you know, that would have never found me, you know, mm-hmm. just through my own networks. So it was a lot of respect and confirmation from other big artists, you know, like having people like Drake or Wayne or, you know, say what's up to you and shit like that. And, you know, other big artists that just saw me on that platform. So I think more than anything, it was like the eyes on me and that it, it kind of solidified to people that like, yo, that kid's a legit fucking artist, you know, even now, like anybody that knows my history as an artist, I got respect as far as lyrics go and just being a genuine artist, you know, like I'm the only white rapper Birdman's ever signed that's a, you know, really huge accomplishment you know that's me, crazy you know? so no, that is I don't know just it was confirmation that I need to keep going in that direction at, you know at the time like I didn't really have the mindset and like hunger I think that I do now like I did back then but it's so different now like now I got this like chip on my shoulder hunger I work every day at this shit my focus and dedications at a totally different plateau so I think if I would have had that back then it maybe played out different but you know everything for a reason and no regrets looking back are you still like, signed with cash money no nah, I'm, I'm I mean truthfully I'm in this like kind of gray area right now okay where we're like you know when I signed to cash money it was like before streaming was even a thing right so whatever contract that we had is like super ancient you know, in, mm-hmm. in retrospect, because streaming is a totally different approach to music. You know, at the time it was like albums and the label gives you budgets for albums and shit like that. And then it's like I ended up just putting out music on streaming platforms and keeping that money. But I've obviously had a good relationship with them. Like I I got a lot of respect and appreciation for Birdman and that that whole label, you know, regardless of. You know, I think sometimes from the outside fans are like, oh, they didn't push you enough for this. You know, there's like all these opinions. But, you know, in reality, what happened was Birdman gave me a fat ass fucking bag. He brought me all kinds of places and he let me rep cash money to that. You know, it's like couldn't have asked for anything more. You know, so any any shortcomings on that situation were like my own fault. You know, I've never had any like bad business blood with them. You know, like Bird's always just. He fucked with me off the strength of, like, my character and just wanting to see me win. So you so. spend a lot of time around him. Yeah, yeah. What's he like? He's awesome, man. He's a fucking legend, bro. I don't, I don't have anything bad to say about him, you know? It's funny, like, the internet's such a weird thing, you know? You just see all these different opinions and takes on things, and I I just see all people's, like, kind of opinion about how they perceive it, you know? Uh-huh. Some people view him as, like, this, like, greedy, like, fucks over his artist kind of person. It's couldn't be further from the truth. Like, this dude is so genuine. Like, he he's one of those dudes that he just made himself from nothing, and he want to see other people become huge artists, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's one of the, like, if you're going to make a, if you're going to sign to a record, that's one of, like, three records that you would ever want to sign he's with. He's a goat, man. You know? And he's a... He's just one of those people that's really inspiring to be around, you know, like he is doing everything I want to do at a very high level. And he's just a hustler. Like he just loves this shit. He loves music. He loves the grind. He loves the lifestyle that come with, you know, I, I, it's like weird when I signed, I had, I resented some of these things like going to the club and these lifestyles. Like I was really like unhappy internally. So I kind of like resented those things at the time, okay. you know, but bird as a person, dude, is fucking awesome, bro. Like, and and I've always like kicked it with him, like just like Dola, you know, like when I first right. got signed, I just went, I was chilling at his house all the time and shit. And we were watching the Super, you know, when Tom Brady played the Super Bowl, we watched it at Bird's house with him and his one homeboy, and me and my. Homeboy. That's crazy, man. It was like it was a it was a lot of dope good times. Is know? that ever weird the, for you, where you just like you know? It was you, weird for you, me the whole time. You think back where you're like, it was weird for you me know, the whole someone time. I always looked up to, and then I'm just sitting on his couch watching the Super it was Bowl. Weird. It was it was weird for me the whole time because I got that uh. I got those moments before I felt internally like I deserved them. That makes okay. sense, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like I just, uh, 
I was like unfulfilled, you know, at that time. And I, I didn't have a lot of like confidence in myself or what I was doing. And so it was just a weird balance at the time. Cause I was like, man, I got, here's one of the biggest moguls in the game. He's, I'm at his house chilling and he's showing me love and he's telling me that I'm like better than Eminem and I'm unhappy. You know, it was like, a weird, it was a weird time in my life. You yeah. Know? But it's a lot to take in. It was weird, man. I was just, I was just a kid, man. I was, I was still going through shit with like losing my dad and just, navigating life like trying to figure out how to be a man like that, that, that was yep. just a weird time for me so it wasn't anything he could have done differently you know like he he gave me game and gave me money and put me on and did all these things but I just had internal battles going on nobody knew about so you know there's only so much that I could even enjoy at that time you know absolutely yeah. going going back over the last like you know 10 11 12 years because for me personally that's about how long I've been doing YouTube videos and while you know YouTube pranks and music is very different, it's also a creative process. Yeah. And I, I look back and I see so many moments where like I'm just killing it, and it's exactly what I want to be doing. Uh, but there's also a lot of moments where I'm like, you know, I want to quit. I'm done. I, I don't. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, that's the whole story. So that's what I was gonna ask you: is if you go, if Every you go year. through that, and how much you go through that, and how you how you deal with it. Now I go through it a lot less because. Uh, I just think as I get older and I, you know, address a lot of things in, internally for myself, like as I get older, I'm just so hungry for it. You know, like I'm, I realize that, uh, you know, when windows of opportunity are like rare in life, you know, and sometimes you pass them up and you don't know when they'll come back. So now it's different. you know, now I'm, I'm putting, I put so much effort into this and I, I derive so much fulfillment from it. So I don't have any moments anymore right now where I like want to quit now. Right, right. You know, but dude, the last 10 years it was always like that. Dude, it was all I always wanted to quit. Like I just Did you ever quit? Nah, like I uh I went through a a breakup with like my high school girlfriend uh one time like toward the early part of my career. It was like right before Black Sheep 2, maybe like a year before that. And um I was contemplating like giving up rap and going to backpack India. Really? Yeah, I was uh, dead serious, too. And uh, we actually drove to the Hard Rock Cafe in Tampa one night, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to bet on 33 black on roulette, and if it hits, I'll go to India. I'm thinking this is like a not going to happen No thing. way. And I get there, and right when I sit at the table, it hits 33 black. And I was like, fuck. Like, it's I just, like, like, okay, God? Yeah, I was like, it was kind of right like now? I asked for the sign from God, and I didn't listen. You know, like, I was right. like, I was going to quit and go backpack. And, like, I don't know. Who knows what my life would have been like. Why, why India, though? I just like at the time I was like really called to that country like okay. I got this big Lord Shiva tattoo on my back and just something about that culture it's like a really uh like spirituality celebrated in that culture right. it's like real center of that culture so just something about it at the time like India was like I really wanted to go there but I didn't like I didn't go because there's just still this piece of me that was like dude you're meant to make music like that that's it you know I knew I would kind of be unhappy doing that but you know, at times in like my career, like when I've like resented what was going on with music or just like resented shit that was going on, I like wanted to just go backpack the world because like it doesn't take a lot for me to be happy. Like I'm not mm -hmm. super into material stuff. You know, there's not I like this shit that I like now, you know, but I just always knew that I could be happy living off barely anything and just experiencing the world. So that was always this like back and forth. But now I'm finding ways to like use music to travel and do those things, which is much more fulfilling in the grand scheme but dude every year was like i wanted to quit like yeah man always, it's hard just like it's an everyday so much bullshit like said, it's that an comes, everyday battle brother so much like bullshit that comes with doing music or trying to do anything that you're in the forefront of like people's attention you know because i just always cared about the money and taking care of my family and then the thing that i'm passionate about which is music right. the actual fame and people knowing who you are that part isn't super appealing to me you know so there's always these elements that come with it that i'm like dude fuck this are you like, introverted would you say i don't think anyone would say that about me i would probably describe myself as that but i think everybody else that i know would say i'm extroverted you know okay. but i just value alone time i don't the internet is interesting because you know when you do music or you do something like this where you're becoming like a face that's on the internet you know you're just inviting the whole world to talk about you exactly good and bad you know, yeah. and so you could get built up by the good, but then the bad fucking slaps you in the face. And I just, I never really liked that element because I just always knew if I was just working a regular job or doing something that my interactions would be with people face to face. And, you know, people, there's only certain things people are going to say to your face right. before they get smacked or something. So, 
You know, I just, I, I've never liked that element. And then, the, you know, there's just always been a couple of different like pieces of it throughout the years that I've, you know, wanted to quit or just not getting that like recognition you think that you deserve. That gets discouraging yeah, at def- times. I, I know the feeling of that. And you're for like, sure. fuck, man, I've been doing this but, so hard. I'm so much better than these people at this or whatever. And then, you know, that's like a thing that you got to work through too. But I don't know. In retrospect, I'm so glad that I didn't quit because I know that I would always look back at this and be like, I should have fucking did that. Yep. That was my thing. Yep. You know? I, I mean, I've quit a couple of times. It didn't last long. Yeah, it lasted like, like three what weeks. What the fuck yeah, am I doing? Yeah. yeah, every time I'm like, that's why I just tattooed myself ridiculously too because I was just like, I, I need to make sure that I'm never even never thinking gonna be about able going to quit. Back. Speaking yeah. of tattoos, yeah. tell me about your new one. It's my favorite thing Dude, ever. I man. love it. Take the take the hat off. The Show internet, the camera. The internet got a lot to say about it, but uh, so sick. It's funny because I always talk. I always like make. I've made comments multiple times about this generation of like kids and rappers that are coming up, and how everybody just puts stupid shit on their face for attention and shit like that. And then I went and did this. So like, it's funny because you know some people probably think that about this, but I've just had this idea for. You ever seen that movie uh, Apocalypto? Dude. What? Do you know the, That's one of my favorite you know the, movies you know of all time. You know the time. warrior guy, the the leader of that like army that when they come and sweep through the village, yep. how he has that jaw hanging. Yep. I saw that movie and I was like, dude, I have to tattoo a animal. You know, you've seen like right. the tattoos of. Bro, like, it's so weird you say that. I I tell everybody about that movie. I feel like no one. One of the best movies, dude. Ever. One of the best. But you know, of it was like time. banned. Like it's it's now available on Amazon Prime, but for like. 10 years that you couldn't even find that Are movie. Are you serious? You couldn't yeah, stream it. I, I, I went through that whole issue for right, like the longest the time. Movie off you of, had to get a DVD. Up, off a DVD yes. off of somebody 45 minutes away from me. Bro, that's crazy. That, that's how much I want to watch okay, it. Okay, I'm so glad you know that movie. So I saw that movie and I, that just gave me this idea of like, I just love the idea about this like jaw, animal jar, human jaw like encapsulating my head like a warrior. And I just like, I've had this idea for like, Three, four years, like I, tons of fans, like I've, I've fans all over the country that remember on tour me telling them about this because like really? we would get talking tattoos and I would be like, bro, one day I'm gonna do check, this jaw eating this out. my head, and everybody's just like, dude, you're not gonna do that. That's crazy. And <laughs> I finally like pressed the button on it. And uh, so you were thinking about it for three to four years. Yeah, did you, very long time. Did you have drawings of yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Like, we drew. My 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 brother does all my tattoos, so he's drawn it a lot of times, like probably twenty times. And but I just, was we, there ever a time where they they drew it in and then you decided yeah, like, not we, we, to do we, it or we like took a mugshot of mine and then he would draw it on his iPad on this okay. mugshot. So I would send him these references of like I would doodle like shapes of it and I'll be like it's something like this you draw it. But I, mine was just like a little doodle and then so he's drawing a bunch of versions of it. And for a while it was like looking real like wolfish and these big teeth and I was like nah that's not it. Like it took us a while to get it and then like last year I was just like dude let's like really sit down and start drawing it. And he he started drawing it a couple more times. After like three four times, we got it. And I was like, let's press the button. Tell me about the process of actually like like how long did it take? Um, it took so I I had the side of my head done one side of it, and then so before doing the jaw, I had to do the other side of my head and my ears. Well, I guess I didn't have to do my ears, but we wanted to. So I did those first, which took a long time and was really painful. That was like he he would come out to L.A. and just tattoo me at my crib. And so I did that for a couple of weeks. And then in December, we sat down and did this. It only took about six hours. I'm going to go okay. back in a couple of weeks and like finish all this and make it darker and bring it all the way down my neck into my back. And that's insane. And, and you were telling me when we were playing pool that it took, what, five hours for each ear? Yeah. Or something crazy like the that. the worst experience I've ever had. Like when anyone ever asked me about what tattoos hurt and shit, it's like, it's not even comparable. Like the ear was. 30 times worse than really? every tattoo because it was just it felt like a knife was drilling into my brain <laughs> and it was just i like literally couldn't stop like screaming for the most part like it was like five hours of me just being like ah, <laughs> ah! like it was brutal That's crazy, everyone in man. the house was like i had like a couple of roommates and they're all just like fuck dude like, like, we can't sleep my ear was fucking huge when i was done that's insane, Terrible man. process. So you ride motorcycles, right? Yep, ride motorcycles. I was reading that you got into a, a motorcycle crash. Terrible accident. I was, really? I was. I was. When was 18, this? Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. Ten. So years this is ago. right before you got signed. Yep. It was like. Uh, it was like one mixtape prior. I remember it was one. I remember all the things that happened in my life based off the albums I was working around that time. Okay. So there was this mixtape at the time called Homegrown that I was working on, and I was almost done with it. 
And there's this video. If you actually YouTube Caskey motorcycle accident or something, there's a video of me in the hospital. My homie comes and films me. And I'm like showing all the fucking, you know, my shoulders tore up, my ass, my legs. And I'm like, my mixtape is is going to be a week late or something like that. So I was like, <laughs> please actually, forgive me. Yeah, I was like, I, I was like supposed to be done with the tape like that day I crashed. So I, I ended up recording a couple. I actually shot a music video in the hospital. Really? I can't find it anymore because I don't know whose channel we uploaded on. It got taken down, but shot this music video to a song called Champion in the hospital because we told them that I was. Uh, a student at Full Sail and that we were supposed Damn. to shoot a video and that I was fucking our group up because I got in this accident. So I was like, please let us just film in the room. And they're like, okay. And we just shot a music video. <laughs> what? It was awesome. I just always, I've always had music at the forefront of everything, yeah. you know? So. so what happened with the accident? Do you like- just... I don't even remember. I, I I borrowed my homie's bike. I just got, I was working at KFC. I borrowed my homie's bike. I got off work, came Grab my my homie had just got this brand new Jixer 600, brand fucking new. He had rid it like 10 times. And uh, I was like, let me take this on the highway. Let me go whip it. And I don't even remember what happened. Like, I was just going really fast. And then something happened where I started drifting from one side of the lane into the other. And I couldn't, like, I think I just froze up. Like, I couldn't figure out how to, like, stop it or, like, I should have just leaned into the turn and pulled the clutch or something. But at the time, I was just nervous or something. It's it's like a blur at this point. But I basically went from one end of the road into the off lane and just dumped the bike and totaled the bike yeah. and fucked my shoulders up. Were you wearing a helmet? I was wearing a helmet. Thank God, because they tried to get me on the bike without the helmet. And I was like, dude, go get the helmet. Really? Wear that. And I was wearing like a white T-shirt and some dress pants. In a helmet, and I my whole body was fucked up, but the, my head was. Do you have any good. like injuries till this day? From yeah, that? I got this gnarly fucking skin graft right there. Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah, I used to hate that thing because it yeah. used to like sit up off my shoulder. That's crazy. I hated it. So I just tattooed over it. And I was like, solution for that's everything. My solution for all of it. Did you ever lose any range of motion or anything? Uh, at the time, I had. This I got this gnarly scar on my hand if you can see it. But at the, at the time there was this big chunk out of my hand taken out, and my arm was stuck like this when I got in the accident. So the first day I thought I would permanently be like this, which is not a good look for a rapper, no, dude. I was not like, at all. I was like, dude, what am I gonna do like this? <laughs> but they came and like shot some shit in my thing and got my nerves back right. But terrible experience, bro. That's, yeah, made me appreciate modern medicine. Yeah, and, like, and just like everyday health. Dude, it made me appreciate uh, normally going through the day not in pain. You know, we take that yep. for granted. But, like, dude, for a month I was in, you know, for two weeks I was in this burn unit. And they had to come in and give me these pills and then scrape the asphalt out of my scars for two weeks. That's insane. So, like, every day they would come in and just tear my arm up and I would be yelling and shit. And I would forget about it because they would give me these pills that, like, made me forget. And uh, so I just... I don't know, I just, and then I was wrapped up for weeks and weeks after that. It took me like two months to, you know, maybe two, three months to heal. So I just, yeah, I really appreciate just being in normal health now. All I'm sorts glad, of I'm experiences. glad you're feeling good. You care for a cigar? Dude, let's do it. I'm not, I'm not like super smart with how to do these. Do I got to take this off? Yeah, so you take this part off. You're telling me what, a story about the first cigar you ever smoked? <laughs> yeah, so the, I haven't smoked a cigar since then. This will be my... my Actually, my you've only smoked... One cigar. I don't think. I mean, I maybe I've hit one since then, but that's the last time I can remember smoking. We was in. I was in youth group. My homie Dax. He was about to get married in November. Shout out to Dax. And uh, we stole my dad's cigar. We we snuck out in youth group. Like like we were at this like youth retreat for church. Smoked the cigar. This is before we even smoked weed, you know. So right. We thought this was badass. We had like drank <laughs> and shit. We smoked the cigar. Didn't know we we weren't supposed to inhale it. And got so sick, bro. Big like mistake. I'm talking about throwing up all night. Youth leaders waking up, like, what's wrong? Or just like Kesky got sick. I'm like in the shower, throwing up all night, like terrible experience. <laughs> so who do you think would win in a fight <laughs> between a taco and a grilled cheese sandwich? Oh, you're gonna say me and somebody else. I'd say the taco grilled cheese sandwich is soft body. Yeah. Tacos a little I feel more, that. Yeah, tacos a little more rugged. I mean, but if you're talking, you know, <laughs> crunchy taco, you might be able to snap it a little bit easier. Yeah. It depends that, on his prison rules or not. Yeah, but that grilled cheese sandwich got soft inside, soft inside, soft outside. Dipping a little tomato soup is done for. 
A little tomato soup. I thought you were about to say me and another rapper. Okay. <laughs> if you were to fight any rapper, who would it be? If I could fight any rapper. He's like, uh-oh. About to start a beef here. God, dude. I honestly don't even want to answer that question because every time that I make any comment, it gets taken so far out of context and then I get some beef and somebody fucking dissing me and just stupid shit. I respect it. Honestly. What do you think about the Paul brothers fighting? I think it's awesome. I think it's great, too. I love... uh combat sports and i i just like people that respect it i could tell they respect it you right. know like i i see a lot of like the like celebrity boxing shit happen i don't really super fuck with any of that because i i got like homies that do mma and jujitsu and more time and shit like that and, and you so, feel like they're almost making a mockery well of it's it. like well i just it's a different there's levels to it right you know like i practice uh more time brazilian jiu-jitsu but i wouldn't step in in an mma ring because those guys yeah they're dedicated their life to it. The way right. I dedicated my life to music, that's how they do. So, you know, I just do it for maintenance purposes, you know. How long you been doing that for? Not very long, like a year. Okay. I've been, I've been the, wanting the to get into a couple that, months. Honestly, bro, if you're not doing any fighting style, Muay Thai is really dope for, like, striking, but uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is dope to learn because that's something that's applicable against people that are bigger than you. Right. Which is like, you know, I mean, you're a pretty big dude, but like, you know, that that's like a fighting skill that will go a long way. Like if, boxing and punching, if you fight a guy that's way bigger than you, he's going to fuck you up. But Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is all about learning to like neutralize those scenarios and shit. So I really like that for, for, I don't know, I just like learning to fight. Like I, when I was growing up, I was just like a real like timid kid. I was yeah. scared of fights all the time. That's so. kind of how I was, even though I was big, like my dad never really like, one thing that I'm doing with my kids is I'm I'm doing the same thing. I'm gonna put them into like you know MMA and all that shit because I want them to know not how to you not know, be scared, be a bully, but how to defend themselves and if anyone not be scared. Mess, you know? Yeah, exactly. And my if anything, a, it's a confidence thing. Yeah, like my dad was a huge dude, and he was a you know he used to play football and bodybuild, and then he got like a little heavy set, but he was a bad motherfucker. Really, I haven't seen him knock a lot of people out, and he, he's a bad motherfucker, but. He just, he never really like taught me that and like pushed me on that. By the time like I was growing up, he was kind of like in a lazier stage of his life. And uh, so I just always felt like that was something in him that I didn't have. Mm -hmm. So that was like weird growing up. So, so I, as I get older and shit, now that I just learned, it's just, it's, it's just time. You put the effort in and you do things, you, you'll learn them. And, you know, there's not really anything to be afraid and of. I feel like a lot of it's just like confidence. Like I got a. Well, I feel like you gain the confidence through. Right. You know, through being in those out, situations, yourself, being in fights, you know, you're not timid of fights. When that, that's the cool thing about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Muay Thai is like we spar at the end of each session. So like, you know, after you get your ass kicked twenty times in class, you're just doesn't like, even okay, bother. I'm you. not really even worried about getting my yeah. ass kicked. You know, like in that's real life, thing. I'm like, yeah, like being afraid to get hit. I think is how most people lose fights. I, I got this buddy of mine. He's like probably five nine. At best, and I've seen him just rock so many dudes. Yeah. Like you would never guess. This yeah. he, he's like a pretty boy. Looks like you know if he came up to me in a bar, I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna fucking just. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, put, I'm gonna put him to sleep. Yeah, I was, bro. I've seen him just knock out so many people. I try to like keep my head down just in real world. Like I always lead with respect with yeah. meeting people and shit like that. I'm not really like a problematic person, but I just know, man. There's some bad motherfuckers yeah. out there that you, you never would know. Not expect, you bro. never like, know. I got some homies that are ferocious and you wouldn't even know and i yep. got other homies that are fucking big scary like it's obvious that they do this shit you know like my homie that i train muay thai with is a fucking goliath of a human man like you don't want to fuck with this dude right so i just you know every, everybody just stay out the way then you've you been know. in many fights been a lot of fights yeah. really it's weird like i'm a, i don't consider myself like an aggressive person i'm not you know I think I just attract a lot of energy in my life. Like me and my girl were talking about this actually because I almost got into a fight yesterday at the hotel in uh, Jacksonville. And uh, we were smoking weed outside and there was like a family in the pool or something. But like where we were smoking, you couldn't see from the pool, but they could like, they smelled the weed. Mm -hmm. So this guy like yells, you motherfuckers, we don't want to smell that, blah, blah, blah. Got my granddaughter over here or whatever. So I was like, okay, let's pack it up. So I, I was like, all right, we hear you. I'm going to leave. Like I, there was a kid there, so I didn't know. And then, like, as I'm getting up, he said some slick shit. He's like, you fucking piece of work or something like that. I was like, what the fuck? I don't like, I don't, I don't put up with disrespect, you know? So I went over to the dude. I'm like, bro, what the fuck you just said? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll fucking hop over this fence fuck you up. And once he saw me, he was like, all right, just get out. You know, he, like, ended, <laughs> ended up apologizing or whatever. But my girl was like, why do you always, like, attract this, like, you know, like, people, I can get into fights and just shit happens all the time. 
And I was just thinking about it with her because I was like, I'm not really like an inherently like negative or aggressive right. person, but I just think in life I attract a lot of energy and it's a, there's always a balance, you know? I got a lot of good energy that I bring in, but then there's just always an equal... And I look like this. Like, I just look like a shithead. So, I don't know. I think that's that. That either deters people or they fuck with me because really? of me. Like, oh, it's so one or the other. Like, okay. either you look at me and you're like, ah, no, I don't want to talk to him. Or, I don't know. Or people see it as a that. challenge. Yeah, or just I look like a person that likes to get into shit. I don't know. So I, I'm not like, I don't consider myself like a tough dude or nothing. But I, I'm not scared nice. of fights right. i've been beat up i'm beat people up and i'm like <laughs> i don't know it's not we're not worried about it right <laughs> so who would you say are some of the coolest like artists that you've gotten to collaborate with over the past you know yellow 10 wolf. 11 years yellow coolest birdman super cool like dude there's no cooler person than birdman like he like lives it to a t like he's what every rapper like want to be like that's him to a t. That's his lifestyle he's a fucking boss you know um but i think uh like my favorite artist that I'm linked with, definitely Yellow Wolf, which okay. is interesting because um, my first time meeting Yellow Wolf was it was before I got signed. I was passing out CDs at a Yellow Wolf concert. No and he way. Was a dickhead to my manager because really? <laughs> my manager was like one of those autograph dudes that like would hound people down and get them to autograph shit. He was trying to get Yellow Wolf to like autograph a mic or something, and Wolf was like, "No," and hopped on his fucking bus. And that was my first time meeting an artist, and I was like, "Fuck, dude, this sucks." <laughs> and uh, I just, I never spoke on that. What's funny is, like, I never said nothing about that to anybody. Like, I, I never, like, publicly bashed him. You know, like, I could have probably just been right. in my feelings. Or, you know, kids nowadays, like, if you treat them like shit, they'll just go on a Twitter rant about you. But, TikTok. Yeah, I never said nothing about it. And I was always like, man, I'm going to just keep my head down and work. And I want to meet him again in a space where, like, he respects me as an artist. That's exactly what happened. Like, I met him in um, California. Jelly Roll brought me out to a show. And I met him. And he had new of my shit then. And he was like, man, let's do some shit. So we ended up doing a couple records like via email. And then he's just seen like, it was really last year once I dropped McQueen Fiend and I started dropping these other visuals that he was like, dude, your artistry right now is super dope. Like, let's do an album. Yeah, you guys just did an album together, right? Yeah. So I told him that story when we linked and we were it's cracking so out. He's just like, no. he knows he's like that. So he's just dying laughing. Yeah. He's like, what that. was the process like making an album with him? It was really quick. Like, uh, basically, like, he, yeah, I dropped McQueen Fiend and he was like, hey, I want to remix that. Send me it. And he sent me back a fucking two minute verse on it, like a cold verse. And I was like, damn, like he just destroyed it. And then I was like, man, let's shoot a video. And he was like, he's like, you want to just do an album? And I was like, yeah. yeah. So it was like, he put me in a group chat with his manager, Zilla. And Zilla was like, we got, we could get House of Blues Studio in three days. You want to come? And I was like, literally had no plan. Like, I was just like, let's do it. And I flew out there. He had like told me he wanted me to curate the beats and shit for it. So like, I just went to all my homies that I produced with and, was like, yo, let me just hear all the hardest shit. So I spent a whole day just going through hundreds of beats. And I picked out pretty much the beats that are on the tape, like all 10 of them I came with. And it was effortless. You guys recorded the whole thing in three days? We recorded the whole, no, no, no. I had three days notice to go there. Got we it, recorded the it. whole thing in seven days. And is that include writing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we, we did most of it in like three, four days. And then the last two days were kind of like bullshit. And like, I, I got, remember I gave us COVID. So like the last two days, like we were sick. Like he did Tat Shop the last day. And I did one of my last one was Billy and the Purple Dots. And which I just, I like, that one. like he had ripped, he had ripped me on a, we did Tijuana or something the night before. And I felt like he had ripped me on that song. So I came back the next day with like a vengeance and, and uh, he had laid that Billy verse and I was like, oh, I'm coming crazy. And like, I just, you know, we turned up. It was, it was fun because he, I've been, I've worked with a lot of artists and sometimes artists are like, you know, if they're an up and comer or newer artist, sometimes they're like hit or miss in the studio. Like they might not be feeling it today. Right. I need to be inspired, you know, whatever it is. And like Wolf was just like, the first like no bullshit artist I like we pulled up the intro beat and I was like this is the this is what I think the intro should be that was the very first one we did and he was like this beats crazy and 15 minutes later was laying his verse and I was like oh this is about to be dope because I 15 can minutes it's 15 minutes bro and then I that's did, so crazy and then I did my verse in about 20 minutes after that like I, I didn't write my verse till he was done because I wanted to come off of his last line so then I just went in the booth and did mine but like Dude, the process was just like, we did the intro just the first seamless. day and everyone was like, this tape is about to be nuts. Like we had a couple homies there and shit and everyone was just like, 
this is just the intro like that that's why we called it just the intro and i it was like right then i was like okay this is gonna be special like i knew this was gonna be dope and uh every day that we went in there it was like right when we pulled up the beat like he didn't need to listen to five beats like i pulled up the one i wanted to do and he just started writing and, it, and he always wrote his verse like quicker than me for the most part like and he's a vet. I, I just like doing that because I consider myself like that kind of artist. Like I could get do, in there. Do you write everything or do you ever freestyle? No, I actually, what's funny is that the Wolf Tape is what brought me back to writing. Like I've been writing more, but for the, like, dude, for the last like eight years since like Black Sheep 1 and 2, I haven't written music down in like 10 years. Like I was doing that Lil Wayne thing where I would just write it in my you, head. You kind of just like... I'll you play do it where you record, like you freestyle, kind of record, and then do a piece. And so, then like, then for then. a minute, I was doing where I would just write my whole verse in my head and then go lay it, but I never read it down. And then once I started recording myself, that's when I kind of got into, like, just freestyling shit because I was engineering myself. So it's like I could play around with it, engineer, you know? So that was a different right. process. So I did not write for years. And then, like, with, with Wolf, when we were working on the album, the we we're recording it on an analog setup so i couldn't run any plugins like normally i put like a little auto tune on my shit or reverb you know you got all these plugins we were pretty much recording our vocals raw so i i you know i don't write because i just hear myself in the mic and in the headphones and I, that's i my favorite part about the music is like the sonic element of it i like the tone of my voice and that you know like the sonic pieces of it right so I don't know, working on this album was like me getting back to, I had to just write my whole verse and make sure what I was saying was dope because I knew I wasn't really going to like how I sounded while I recorded it. I had to wait till it get mixed. So that, it was a blessing though because it just, it literally just pushed me back into this mode of like writing my shit down on paper and I've kind of like psyched myself out of that for a couple of years. So, so the Wolf album I wrote and then this album that I just dropped after Fine Art, I wrote everything for that too just to like if you were to, revisit If you were that. to drop a new album tomorrow, would you write it or would you freestyle? I think I'll write it. Yeah. yeah. Or do a little both. Right now I'm like in my recording process, I'm doing a little bit of both. But I I'm starting to find my like sweet spot of what I think people want to hear from me, which I think is like no auto tune saying things, significant lines, you know, like that's right. I'm finding that sweet spot. So I'm not, I'm just noticing when I write that every line matters, you know. Whereas like when you're freestyling, half the lines are kind of just throwaway, you exactly. know. Exactly. So I, I'm enjoying the writing part. That's crazy, man, because, like, you know, I told you I, I rap once in a while. I used to want to be a rapper. Yeah, do one. Yeah, right? Dude, that'd be crazy. I'm with it. But to, to think about doing, like, an album that short amount of time, like, for me, like, I'd be lucky if I can write an entire song in a week. Because uh, I get so psyched out in my head about yeah. shit where, like, I'm like, oh, this doesn't make sense. Like, I'm, like, so good. OCD yeah. with everything. That, you got to like, get to the point where you just, like, I record, like, a lot and pump out a lot. And I think once you get to that point, you start having more confidence in what right. you're saying. Once you have your sound and, I mean, and then once it, and you, then you just, get to that point. You know, point, sometimes you're like, oh, that first line isn't dope. But you just keep going. And then I get to a point now where, like, I just, once I get a little idea, I'll start on a record. And then most of the time, the entire direction of the record changes about, halfway through me making it you know like i'll start going in on a song because i wrote this little hook but then once i record i'll come up with something different and i'll go with that so i'm getting good at like just following the flow of it and and like not having an expectation of how it should come out uh, as i'm starting to figure out what's the uh most meaningful song that you feel that you've ever made i deserve this of i changed Okay. The intro song of I Changed. That was the tape I put out right before the Yellow Wolf tape. It's weird. I didn't write that one. <laughs> I freestyled that one. Um, but I was just in this, like, really genuine space when I was making it of, like, man, I've just been through so much shit in my life. And it, the song is just about, you know, before you look at my life and just think any of this was easy and dope, like, you just have no fucking idea. And then it was, like, me telling myself, I deserve this shit. And that that was like, man, it's just such an authentic record to me. Like I just it that really encapsulates like how I feel currently in my life is like, man, anything that comes to me right now, I deserve it. I just I've been through so much stuff and I know that I've always handled for the most part, you know, not everything, but you know, I've just always tried to handle things in the music industry with like integrity and not shit on people and even when situations didn't work out for me, I've always just kept my head down. And so right now, yeah, I deserve this. I like the title already because, I mean, it just, I think a lot of people struggle with, you know, and, and I struggle with this myself, is whenever I start 
to feel happy or, you know, feel good about everything. Psych yourself so out. You psych yourself out and you're like, you know, I, I can't be feeling this way. You yeah. know, I don't deserve to feel this yeah. way. Yeah, I'm so, my mindset's changing lately where I'm uh, I like starting that. to feel more powerful and just, I'm, when you earn shit, you know, you can enjoy it, you know. And right. the, the song ain't even a super, like, happy song, you know. Like, it's like I just, you know, touch on, like, how, you know, I would trade all this shit just to hang out with my dad one more time, you know. Like, that, that that's, like, a main concept of the song. But, yeah, you should listen to that. that okay. One, that one hits home, man. My, my favorite song, uh, and it's one of your... I think it's one of your earlier on songs, but Letters to My Father. Every time that I hear that, man. I can't I almost, even listen to that record now because it sounds so, like, primitive to me. To me, I almost cry every old. time that that's I awesome. hear it, man. I think it's a true piece of art. You should listen to I Deserve This. That's, like, the uh, 2020 version okay. of that. Okay. Kind of. You Wanna know, check like it out. I had Letter to My Father, yeah, that was, like, a record that did a lot for me when I first put that out. That was, like, one of the first records that I had that got me a lot of traction locally like i mean just hearing it you can you know just yeah. the emotion on the track is like you know you can yeah. feel it yeah it's weird like i lost my dad 11 years ago now that's just still make me cry <laughs> it's like yeah, it's man. still like still heavy you know i'm like, sure yeah so you're telling know, me things like that they just last long you know yep you're telling me a lot when we're playing pool about you know your tattoos and the spiritual journey and stuff which i'm yeah. sure is a lot of you coping with that so mm -hmm. tell me tell me a bit about like the tattoos and all the things that you have yeah so like i think uh, uh, some of the tattooing is like a rebellion against my dad because my dad had tattoos but he just used to always mess with me and be like you ain't gonna be able to get tattoos <laughs> like these are gonna hurt too bad i think my whole body is a testament to be like <laughs> fuck you like i could do, do this shit but yeah like my my first ones are just like random shits like you know, little stupid bangers. But my second tattoo was a passage from the Tao Te Ching, which is a this uh, religious book, the Taoism, T-A-O. Um, okay. So my my tattoos have always been like spiritual things. Like I, ever since I was in middle school, like I've just always had this calling toward God or just the like that dimension that's beyond the physical, you right. know, whatever that is. I'm still, you know, still searching and trying to figure out what that is. But I, uh, you know, I was like really into church when I was in middle school and then kind of got away from that as I started to figure out how religion like came about. But I don't know. I just always like had this like calling and drawing toward religions. Like, dude, when I was uh, when I was younger, not to get off topic, but when I was younger, my family used to go to Charleston, South Carolina for Thanksgiving. And when I was like eight years old, I spent all the money I had worked on all year to buy this gold Buddha statue. And I didn't know who he was. I had a T-shirt no with a boot way. on it. And I was like, this guy's awesome. And I was walking in the market. <laughs> and my dad's awesome. like, what are you going to do with that? And I was like, I don't know. It cost like $100. It was all the money I had. And instead of just buying little shit kids would want, I just wanted this Buddha. Dude. And it's like so That's weird. Great. Because it That's had, great. Yeah, Buddhism and shit like that ended up being this huge part of my spiritual journey. But like, I don't know. It's it probably been, the vibes off of the statue. Yeah, I've always just been called to God and spirituality and shit like that. So... All my tattoos, when I, once I started getting tattoos, were all just references to that. Like, okay. I kind of look like a mixed match book of religions. Like, I just. I respect that, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, I just, I've, I've kind of had the same thing. Like, I've always had a calling to God yeah. since I was eh, probably like late elementary, like middle school. Like, my family was not religious at all, but yeah. I always had kind of like what you said. Yeah. Like, you know, just that feeling that there's something more. Yeah, and it was like really fulfilling to me when I was younger, too, because I wasn't a super social kid and I was get picked on in school and shit like that and I, I like the community of church i just I, I liked how kind people were i was just always respected religion in that regard and then i had these phases in my life where i was like against it and saw conspiracy videos yeah but those all just led me to different paths of spirituality you know like it might have taken me away from church but then it would put me into like i discovered eckhart tolle when i was in high school and What's uh, that? eckhart tolle he has this book uh called uh, the a new earth and the power of now you should read a new earth as okay. audio book i i had this plug when i was in um it was like a family plug that sold our family weed and he was like this buddhist dude and he i bought packs off him one time and he gave me this audio cd and he just knew i was going through some shit and he was like right around and listen to this so senior year in high school i'm like riding around selling weed but i'm listening to this audio book by eckhart tolle it's just about spirituality the mind and I don't know, it's really interesting. You would like it, but... Okay. So I've just always been on these, like, just searches. You so know? you've been through all these searches. Is there, like, a particular practice or religion that stands out more to you? Not even one, right? Not <laughs> even one? You know, I go through, like I said, kind of, like, phases. Right now, my spirituality derives around, like, manhood and wanting to be a 
dope man. I like that. You know, I, I've had different versions of spirituality in my life, and sometimes it was like, you know, I wanted to go backpack India and meditate and not accomplish anything. And right now, like, my spiritual path and where I'm deriving, like, spiritual fulfillment is coming from trying to be an honorable man, a strong warrior, a peaceful, stoic kind of man. And that's, like, a really deeply spiritual thing. Yeah. You know, and like it's like it's like something that I was missing, you know, like my dad was awesome. I love him to death, but I didn't have a lot of like good role models of like dope, powerful men that were good family men. You know, like I didn't have yeah, a good definitely. example of that. So that's like I'm starting to realize that like spirituality is uh, practical, you know, or right. like it's implemented daily. And it's, you know, your whole life can be a spiritual experience. You know? Absolutely. So, and that's one thing like I feel like, you know, people put spirituality and religion hand in hand almost where you totally can totally, to you know, you know, almost like it almost pushes people away a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Like religion's always like this path to it, you know, but uh, what I see with like most religions and people in religions is they get caught up in the dogma, in the rituals, in the things, you know, yep. Buddhism, and the had, rules. Yeah. There's this like, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but there's this quote from Buddhism where they were like, religion is like a finger in, in the moon and and a lot of times we get caught up in the intricacies of the hand and looking at the hand and the finger and we forget that it's pointing somewhere and that the moon is really what it's about you know and and that's kind of like with religions like sometimes we get caught up on Jesus or this practice or these things now also as i get older i realize that you can dive deeper in your spirituality by following certain practices absolutely you know, that, and there's nothing like wrong the, with you know that's the point of staying true to one praying, religion you know? or anything i think that's a way to dive yeah, deeper which i absolutely. think is dope. So maybe at some point in my life, I'll like adopt a practice, you know, because I had times where I was like real strict on meditation or prayer and shit like that. But, you know, right now my spirituality is like fighting and working out and reading like philosophy, like okay. Marcus, Marcus Aurelius meditations. You ever read that? Uh, no, I have not. It's a book you should read. It sounds like it's it would a make book me that's smart, required though. by statesmen and, and philosophers. It's like a requirement for statesmen in a lot of countries. They read really? this book. He was an emperor of Rome, and he wrote this book called Meditations. It was just about being a solid man and human and leader and shit like that. So that's like my spiritual path right now. Okay. So I think that's kind of why. check that I out. I've been, I've been meaning to get back into reading, honestly. I like two books that I'll, are three books I would suggest. Marcus Aurelius, Meditations. Okay. Shout out Mr. Erickson, my high school English teacher. He put me on that. Um, there's another book called The Screwtape Letters, which is written by C.S. Lewis, the guy that wrote Narnia and shit like that. Okay. And it's this dude. This is one of the best books I've ever read. It's, it's, it's a series of letters from a demon in hell named Screwtape, and he's writing to his nephew Wormwood, who's another demon. And, and this demon is tempting a human. Every demon is like assigned a human to tempt in their life. And the whole, it's a, it's a series of letters, like it's a fictional book, but he's basically teaching you how your mind works and how, you know, temptation, all these things works through his writing to his nephew. And he's like teaching him, hey, instead of trying to get him to believe that the church isn't real, make him think that this church is more interesting than that church. Make him think that um, these people are lesser than him. Like, dude, it's just all these like really wow. fascinating ways that your mind actually works. That's crazy. I gotta give it to you. I got it. I'm gonna check me. that out. I got it with me. I'll give it to you tomorrow. Okay. It's a, that's like that book changed. I'll my definitely life too. read it. That so sounds that one, super interesting. A new Earth, Screw Tape Letters, and Meditations. But Screw Tape Letters is awesome, bro. That'll teach you about yourself, and you're like, holy shit, that's exactly what we do as people, like procrastination and all these things. And he just teaches how, like, it's hard to like when you believe in demons and God, you can't demons can't like make you deny God, you know. So instead, it's better to just fill your mind with jargon and talk and nonsense and things that are interesting and you know you know have all these different ideas in your head never do anything that's like what it's about it's really yeah. interesting approach man i would absolutely check that out do you read so do you do you mainly just read like philosophy books yeah i don't really or? read any fiction i read, I don't I, read I've, fiction either. I've written two poetry books i've written more books than i've finished. written yeah i've written two poetry books damn i got i'll have them with me tomorrow at the show i'll give you one but uh I, I never really like read a lot growing up. I didn't I never, either. I hated reading. I like audiobooks. That was like once I discovered audiobooks, I was like, this makes more sense because I like listening and I, okay. you know, lectures and shit like that. But uh, I didn't read a lot. But once I once I find I like books like uh, you know, 
laws of success, Napoleon yep. Hill, you know. I, I kind of got into all that, like uh, the self-help, yeah, motivational stuff. Yeah. And then I read so many of them that I stopped reading them because I got to a point after I read like, I don't know, 15 or 20 of them. And I'm like, damn, okay. I'm at the point where every one I read from here on out, it's like all the same. Same shit. Yeah. It's all the same It's things, honestly better to just, just stick with, different. like, honestly, I just got those three books that I, I like, Think, Grow Rich, Screw Tape Letters, and Meditations are three books that I just continuously read. Like, I'll just yeah, go back. It's almost like, uh, it's I'd like rather a, re-dive into that concept and get it down better than just read another book. Absolutely, right because if you if you don't stay sharp and on top of it, it's almost like a reminder to do the things that they're telling you Yeah, because otherwise you forget. Yeah. And I try to just like read things that are like intentionally in a direction that I'm going. Like I want to be more rich. I want to be more successful. So I'm reading shit like that. You know, what are your most long-term goals in life? Just provide for my family and the people around me in a way that none of them imagine. Cause I think that I just view the possibilities of life way different than most of my people that I grew up with and friends, you know, like I just think anything is possible and I think we can do anything and I, and I want to experience life at a, like a high level. So my biggest goal is just to show everyone around me in my circle that that's possible. And then like my other goals that are at the forefront of my mind just have to do with like transforming myself, you know, like okay. really want to get, I'm like working on getting in shape and shit like that. Cause that's been a real struggle. Like I was never like inclined to do that my whole life. So I'm trying to accomplish those things that are really hard to me, but financial discipline, physical discipline, have a family, take care of everybody to the highest level. Those are like my main goals. And then, you know, beyond that, I just want to give back to the world in a crazy way. Like, you know, I got some cars that I want and that I like, but I don't need a lot of money to be happy. And right. I'm such a giving person, you know, like I just, what I kind want, of cars do you want? I want the C8, 100%. Okay. I love that car. Yeah, dude. It's my favorite car right We now. just did a video with one the other day. It's, I'm about to buy it. That's my, it's I'm crazy. Like the the interior is so nice, too. I love that car. Um, I love Corvettes. That was my dad's dream car. And yeah. then they just came out with that one, and it's, like, super Dude, it's badass. a whole, whole new level. It's got, like, level. a Ferrari body. I'm exactly. Like, I really like that. I like uh, Rolls-Royce, Lamb Truck, okay. all the cliche, super yep. badass ones. You almost got to, though, just, awesome. just to do it. You know? They're awesome. I've driven them. So I'm like, these are great cars. Like, yep. And I just, I spent a lot of time in cars. Like in Florida, you just drive a lot. In LA, Dude, you drive everyone a lot. in Florida has a crazy car. I'm getting like super interested in cars. So cars is like one of, that's like one of the like things that I would buy for myself. That okay. I like cars. I want to get like a old, like built up, uh, I'm trying to think of the name. I'm so bad at names, but I think it's a, a Lincoln Continental. Uh, those are sick. I have a, I like shot a, a 68. video. I have a 69 Cadillac Coupe DeVille. Ooh, Looks just like that. It's a dude. huge body. It's like a boat, but I don't know shit about cars. So, like, I put Me so neither. much money in the engine, and that thing still don't run. So, I'm about to send it off to somebody and have them, like, put an LS motor in it. But I like, love the uh, interior of those. Like, it's almost like a couch. Dude, it was it's a so big comfortable. couch, and you feel like you're riding in a boat. Yeah. And I like uh, old schools are like the Harleys of cars because you just, like, you're cruising in them. You know, I like I either like really fast sports car or I like like old school classic car that just like literally my Cadillac feels like I'm, I'm driving way. a boat. I go 20 miles an hour and I I'm love just, it. I, I, I either want the uh, the Continental, I want to get that, and then like a Lambo, which is like two, totally obviously yeah. two totally different lanes. My car collection is just going to be but, so diverse. I mean, ever since I was in fifth grade, I'm like, I always wanted the Lambo. Yeah. And I know it's like, it's kind of like a douchey move almost. They're like, so dope. Just though. because of how like hard of a flex it is. So but dope, you just though. gotta do it. They're just so gotta extra, but they're awesome. Yes, like, that's I, the perfect I saw a matte black Lambo in uh Santa Monica the other week and I was like, I have to have that car. Like it passed me, it was matte black. That's, and I was like, that felt like me. I got I the it. uh C sixty three, I got it matte black. Love so it. every car I've ever had, I've only had black cars. That's sick. I don't know. I'm just, as I'm getting older, I was never like into cars growing up. but I wasn't either. That's super, I'm like super interested in them now. It's like one of the few pleasures that I'll get into. I got to get, uh, one of my bucket list things too, is I have to have a car with hydraulics. Just, just, just Put to flip the, the switch. Bro. You know what I want that's on my bucket list is a fucking El Camino. Ooh, that'd be sick. The truck car. Yep. Dude, those are genius. I love that car. I'm like, I'm like, get one of those and just like pimp it out crazy. Like, yeah, I like, I like those. And then I, I rode in a Ghost the other week, like a Rolls Royce Ghost. I like, I was actually going to rent a car from this dude that I rent cars from in LA. And he was like, that car's gone right now. Just take the Rolls Royce. And I was like, okay, fuck yeah. Sure. Dude, we rode that thing around. That was the smoothest 
ride I've ever been. The Rolls Royce? Yeah, I was like, yep. I have to have this car, too. Drove one of those in Miami a couple months ago, man. And it's nice how, like, wide it is, and it's so smooth. And it's comfortable, especially for me because I'm a tall guy. Yep. It doesn't compare. Like, whenever I drive a Lambo, I'm like, holy Lambos shit, my body hurts. Oh, yeah. I uh, For me, too, like, once I discover something, I have to be able to have it. Like, once I know it exists, like, I know a Lambo exists or, like, a Rolls exists, I will not be satisfied just yeah. driving whatever. Just because I just – that's, like, my biggest motivator for money is just to be able to do just anything that I want to do. It's not that I, like – I'm not attached to things when I buy them. Like, I lose all the jewelry I buy. I lose everything. Like, I just – I'm not super attached to anything, but I just want to be able to just do it. Just you know, to I don't, do it. I don't like living with limitations. Birdman ever let you drive his cars? Yeah, he uh, he's taking me in some crazy ones. He was When I first got signed, he was playing my music out of his Bugatti and took me in that, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? In my life? Yeah, life? I was like, it was a record, too. Like, if I could play you the record, I wish I still had it. It was a song called Elvis and Charlie, and it was a record about how when I drink, I could either be like Elvis Presley, like Life of the Party, or like Charles Manson, like a total psycho. And it was this, like, weird record. Like, it wasn't a hit. It was, like, an underground, like, weird record. And Birdman would bump it out of the Bugatti <laughs> every day. And I was like, so funny, dude. It was awesome, bro. I was, like, I just, I was fascinated at that time. I was like, this is a trip. Who are some of the other artists that you've, like, either worked with or crossed paths that you're just sitting there and you're like, what is life right now? Meeting Lil Wayne the first time was like that. That was, like, super cool. Like, I hung out around him a bunch, but I met him a couple times. That was dope because that's like by far one of my favorite artists um this one's not rap related i we ever into like circus survive or Seosin? you ever heard of those nope. bands so they're like these uh indie rock bands that i'm like super into circus survives like my favorite band i got their lyrics tattooed on my stomach by far my favorite artist i have three songs with him right now really unreleased such a cool accomplishment to me like just crossed paths with him one time in LA and we ended up talking online again just one of those things where I just kept my head down didn't ask for nothing and just stayed in contact and then one day he was like bro let's do music send me a song and I got like three records so that's like literally my my favorite artist ever so wow I got me once I get a record with Nas and Kendrick I'll be It'll be good. Bucket list complete, you know. You were in uh to like heavy metal stuff, right? Before oh, you started yeah. rapping. Yeah, that's my shit. I used to want to be a screamer. That was like Really? That was what I wanted to do. When are you gonna have you brought that out in your music yet? I haven't, yeah. I'm talking You ever going to? I don't know. You know, there's there's artists that do it that are really dope at it. I don't know. I play I play all over the board with my music, you know. I do a little bit of everything. I should just do one, you know. You ever heard of like Scar Lord or you know them? Scar Lord or like Ghost Man or anything? My, my buddies are super into all that. Yeah, they're that. like I real heavy, like it. screamo rap. But they're just sick with it. I don't know. I just um I like screamo when, or screaming and shit related to metal, you know. Like I as rap, I, I could probably make a record like maybe down the line I'll try it and make something. Watch after this podcast, I'll probably go make go one do just it. to do it. But uh, yeah, I just I I always wanted to do like screaming for a metal band, but I, I I didn't play any instruments. I wasn't good at that. So once I discovered rap, that that like made a lot of sense. Dude, it's I been, like the words, you know. It's been crazy to watch uh, like MGK make the transition into like almost like a I whole love seeing that Blink One Eighty Two yeah, vibe. I love, I love seeing that because I know that that's like really genuine to him. Like I've been yeah. hearing him talk about that for a minute. Like we've kicked it a bunch, and I I've heard him talking about that concept a lot. And same with Mod Son. Like both of them have talked about that being a lane that they want to go into. So I just always like seeing rappers. Like even Yellow Wolf is about to drop a, a rock album. Let me just say this into the mic. It is one of the best albums I've ever heard. Wow. It's a timeless piece of music. Like it it, it feels like a classic rock album in 2021. It's insane. You know when that comes out? I think it's coming out this year at some point. It's called Sometimes okay. Why. It's, I, no, I don't even, it's not even like, that's not even a genre of music I really listen to. Like I don't listen to rock very much and it's some of the dopest music i've ever heard. like mm. i think he's gonna have huge success off of that album so i always like seeing people like transition successfully yeah. into something yeah he's always like wolf was like asking me where, where i would want to take this after that because me and him talked about him like uh him executive producing like a uh futuristic electronic -y, daft punky kind of album okay. for me like we talked about playing with some shit like that and like yellow wolf executive producing it for me so I don't know. I'm like I'm interested in a lot of areas. So. Yeah, a lot of the music's moving towards like EDM type. Yeah, it's cool. And just and rocks stuff. coming back heavy. Like I'm into all that. But I I just really want to like kill it in rap lane first because I just feel like I'm like top tier rapper. You know. Speaking of uh, Mod Sun and MGK, I'm 
I met them a couple of years ago, and it was totally like a, me being a fan. Like, it wasn't like an artist thing. Their tour bus broke down on Mill Avenue in Tempe, and I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm actually having dinner with my mom. She was in town visiting. I look over, MGK's literally standing on the street outside of his tour bus. It broke down and Mod, outside the restaurant you were in? Yes, That's and Mod's son is standing next to him like, hold on, Mom, hold that thought. <laughs> Walked outside, talked to him. One of the most genuine dudes Dude. I've ever met. Both. Literally just treated me like Both of them. it was like, you those know, we like were best my, friends. Yeah, those are my like, you know, go to like how I want to treat fans, artists, you know, like I've always crazy. been like that too. Like I just try to give everybody good experience. Yeah, just me. gave me the time of day, talked to me for a couple of minutes, literally just standing there. Yeah. Like I, I walked away and I was like, wow, that was crazy. Yeah, MGK was one of the first artists that I had like a good experience with. Like I had that thing happen with Yellow Wolf, and then like I was also following a Tech Nine MGK tour and passing okay. CDs outside of that. And then I met MGK and like the um, shit in South Florida. He was like an, one of the like real cool artists that I crossed paths with. Funny story about Tech Nine. So I'm from Kansas City. Mm -hmm. I used to see that dude everywhere, like at the movies, at the mall. One of my friends' moms dated him. And for his 16th birthday party, he performed for like 30 of us. Oh my God, that's awesome. When we were 16. <laughs> that's I'm like, epic. holy shit, like Tech Nine, Chris Calico. That's epic. Like right here, that's just so 30 kids. And that's it was so like tight. some like random room at like uh, some like beat down mall. That's so tight. Yeah, I like. I really like Tech Nine. That was like, that was like one of the tours I followed when I was passing out CDs and shit. Okay. I was just like, I was just following tours around. That was like, so, the way so I was that's first what you getting. used to do when you're coming up. You'd go to like shows Instagram, and pass out your own like CDs. Instagram was a thing and shit. Like social media was a thing, but it wasn't like people wasn't weren't popping. like using social media to blow up. Right, like, it was totally before that. So yeah, we would like, I was selling weed at the time. I would just take all my weed money, go press up as many CDs as I can. And they had nice covers and shit. They looked really nice. And then I would just go follow tours. And like when everyone was coming out of the show, I would give them free CDs. That's dedication right there. Just go right put there. them in their car. Dude, I You want to talk about investing in yourself? That People don't know what it takes these days. Like, that's the epitome. Kids, get, kids like make three songs, drop them, and get discouraged nowadays. It's yeah, like, and dude, quit. Motherfucker, I was out there spending every... You know, honestly, I still do that to this day. Like, I don't... I put all my money back into music. Like, I don't... I'm not like building up investment portfolios yet. You're None investing in yourself, one hundred percent. Yeah, like I just I gotta win here first. Cause if I if I make all my money investing in these other areas, it won't even fucking matter to me. Cause I'll just be like, dude, this is you know, I gotta win here first. You know. What's some advice you would give to like you know, say sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old that's trying to do music? You know, if if you were to start over from from scratch at a young age. What would you do to reach a level of success? Like, what are some of the, the best pieces of advice you could give to upcoming artists? So I'd say, like, the best things I did that worked were, one, just, like, really caring about genuinely building a fan base. You know, a lot of people want to get famous and shit, but they're not really bringing any value. Like, yeah, okay. To that me, just I, hit me, personally. I'm being real. Like, people, like... You know, you want to get known for making music and shit, but are you down to, like, give every fan your time of day? Are, are you going to put your blood, sweat, and tears on the records and, like, you know, like, really make shit that has value? So, I, I don't know. My Everyone has different paths. Some kids just want to be, like, little pump-style rappers or something like that. So, that's a different path. I'm speaking to, you know, if, if you're in my position, you want to make, like, impactful, you know, deeper shit like that. I would say focus on bringing, like, real value. So don't don't focus on, you know, trying to hit a million fans that, you know, kind of fuck with you. You don't need a focus on 100,000 fans right, that are diehard. Build, build your first 100 fans, like build 100 fans. For, I had a, you know, you build 100, then I built 1,000, then I built 10,000. You know, like it's a slow building process for me. And like that's why, like, my fans aren't going anywhere. Like I could get canceled on the internet my fans are still gonna ride with me i could drop totally different genre of music my fans are still gonna ride with me cause i like that i just like have built something real genuine with them and I, and i've also never like people gotta like let go about caring about the fame aspect you know and care about value because like when you create value the, the shit comes success comes money comes things like that come because 
you deserve it. You know, people people are gonna give you their money if your I music is this. if your music is resonating with people. Like, dude, I'm about to drop later this year. I'm gonna drop a hundred dollar mixtape. I'm not gonna put it on the internet. It's not gonna be for sale. It's gonna be only a physical CD, and it's gonna be a hundred dollars, and it's gonna have twenty five songs that are amazing. Wow, I like no that idea. That's a cool yeah. concept. So it's like it just. You got to find different ways to build it. But, you know, I, de definitely getting out there in the real world is invaluable. Now you got the Internet, so there's a lot of different ways to do it. But people are just focused on the wrong thing. You know, everybody's f focused on how to market their Everyone's shit. Everyone's focused on, on the numbers, the artificial yeah, and numbers. Yeah, you could worry about that shit, but I've never thought about that. I've never even put – I maybe put like $500 total into marketing my Same. whole career. I, I, yeah, everything I've ever done is organic. It's organic, man, because I just – I want to know, like, what's it actually doing? What's it actually reaching? And – you know, you also just, my other piece of advice would be to have long view. Just think about, do something that you would do for 10 years if you had no success. Over the last, you know, 10 years I've been doing YouTube and like, you know, thinking about the biggest moments, the, the success that I've had doing it. And I was thinking about trying to explain it to someone else that was just starting off. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, how do I get to this level? I can't even paint the picture because it's like, motherfucker, you're going yeah, to go like, through a lot. <laughs> I, I, I can't even tell you I'd how to this. do it i'd say this if you need any type of motivation to go in a direction that's probably not the thing for you right no that's that's definitely yeah. a good point nobody encouraged me to be rap and in fact it was the opposite everybody was told like, you not to don't be a rapper yep. like everyone yep. all the time that is the same way with me and then i was like you know like how do you, how would you tell someone you know, this is how you reach this level or whatever. You want to call it success. You want to call it, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I was thinking to myself and I'm like, you just have to be so passionate that you would do it for free. Yeah. So like, I'm looking back on the last, yeah. you know, 10 years and, you know, success came with everything that I did. But I would have done all of it for free. Absolutely. 100 percent would have done it. Just to do it. Yeah, like for me, like so that's looking, what it's got to be. Yeah, like looking back, I'm like, even when I did have successful moments, they weren't at the level that I wanted. You know, like when we started this, and you're like reflecting on me getting signed and shit. I'm like, you know, looking back, none of them felt like I was all the way there. You know, like they were Never always felt just like, like you truly, truly where yeah, you needed yeah. to be. Every time that I dropped, I had this delusional belief that like I was about to pop off right when I dropped that. Like, dude, my first mixtape that we were pressing on a computer and writing the title in Sharpie marker. I thought that was going to blow me up. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I was an idiot. But like, I, you know, I was in high school just like, dude, I'm going to be bigger than Eminem. Like, this is huge. This tape is, this is awesome. huge. This tape is amazing. Like, and I just always felt like that. So, you know, when the losses came, like I just would keep going like even now i'm just like dude every drop is like it ain't all the way there yet like i haven't hit that success level that i want but i just it doesn't matter because i just it just fucking i know i will hit it like i i don't have i don't question that piece in my mind so i just let go of the time frame and let the universe deal it out when it comes but i'm like is without a doubt that i'm gonna make it because yep. i just won't stop you know so i was telling my buddy the other day and i was like it's not about you know writing up a plan and executing it and making it happen and, and you'll be at this certain point it's more so about being dumb enough to believe in yourself so much that it just works and just keep going man because most of the time the plans don't work like you drop a plan you try it it don't work okay keep going yep keep going i did it every year even when i got signed to birdman it was like that didn't really like you know, I had like some success around that, but it's like it didn't change my life like uh, success wise. You know, like I right. didn't just become some big star overnight. So I don't know. I just always just said, fuck it. I'm going to keep going. And yeah. I'm still there. You know, <laughs> I just did an album with Yellow Wolf. I still feel like that that chip on my shoulder. I'm like, can't stop. Hey, man. Cheers. Thanks Cheers for coming on the show. Where yeah, can the man. people find you? Hey, man. My name is Kasky. Google that shit. C A S K E Y. Kasky on all my socials. Kasky's not dead on Twitter. I got deleted off of Twitter. So Did you? I don't know why. I don't know what I said. But now it's Kasky's not dead on Twitter. Okay. But, but yeah, Kasky. So yeah, if you don't know the name now, you're going to know it soon. So Absolutely. Hey, Cheers. thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks Appreciate it. Me, Thanks for coming on the show. Been a pleasure. Until next time, it's been an episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Make sure you guys check it out. Yeah. All streaming platforms, we're there. Check Kasky out. His info's down in the description. And we'll see you. And go get my one. album, Fine Art. Just drops the hardest rap album you've never heard. I swear to God. Go Fine Art. Check it out. Yours. Peace out, guys. Peace.